Hey everybody, it's Chris. If you're a sports fan like me, or you're just a fan of a great story, you gotta check out Press Box Access, a sports history podcast hosted by Todd Jones. Todd sits down with fellow sports writers who experienced firsthand some of the biggest sports moments of the past 50 years, and they share some of the stories behind the stories, some of which they've only told to each other. What I personally love are the wild stories that you might not hear so much about on SportsCenter over the years. Like when Indiana-based sports journalist Bob Kravitz recounts the time Bobby Knight showed up naked to an office meeting with him and then banned him from the Hoosiers' locker room for the next three years because Bob wrote a story he didn't like. Or when Alexander Wolfe tells a story about going out on the town in Chicago with Dennis Rodman and Carmen Electra in the middle of a Bulls playoff series. Or when Dan Wetzel talks about what it was like to be in the media room when Temple basketball coach John Chaney stormed into UMass coach John Calipari's press conference after a game and threatened to kill him. These wild and fun stories, paired with stories about real sports greatness, you know, like the 1970s Steelers being the greatest NFL dynasty ever, or the legendary rivalry between Larry Bird and Magic Johnson, and even the impact of protests for social justice issues in sports, make Pressbox Access a show you should check out. Pressbox Access is part of the Evergreen Podcast family, and it's available all the places you get your pods, and you can also find Pressbox Access on YouTube. Go check it out. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. If you reflect on the joyous music that graced the Billboard Hot 100 in the summer of 2015, it would be hard to believe that people were engaged in activities beyond falling in love and relishing a warm breeze. No song illustrated this point more vividly than Omi's Cheerleader, a whimsical tropical tune that soared to the coveted number one spot on the charts. However, the question remains. Why didn't the U.S. clamor for more of Omi, considering he undeniably had songs worthy of being soundtracks to fireworks and hula hoop sessions? This week, we're joined by Tony Hartman to explore whether we can consider ourselves as cheerleaders for Omi's career. So it's July of 2015, 
El Chapo escapes from a maximum security prison west of Mexico City. Serena Williams becomes the oldest winner of Wimbledon. Robbie Williams announces that he is returning to the boy band Take That. Scientists reveal the first close-up photo of Pluto. Paul Rudd's Ant-Man is released. Microsoft launches Windows 10. Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis are married. And Rowdy Roddy Piper dies at the age of 61. And... Omi's cheerleader hits number one on the U.S. Hot 100. And welcome back to the show, Tony. I had to have you here. We always got to talk about a great island tune. And here we are once again talking about a little something from the islands. Absolutely. Obviously great to be back. And I want to throw this out there for the fans' consideration, for your guys' consideration, of course, I think the first time I came on the show, obviously there's been a few stops in between then and now, but the first time I came on was to discuss Rude by Magic. Right. I'm proposing that this episode, it be official canon that this is the sequel episode <laughs> to the Rude episode because, okay. keep me honest here, Matt, I know you're you're the most in like the, I guess like the Comic-Con like fandom world, but I believe there's a term called headcanon where like, if you're a fan, you can just declare something about, say, the Star Wars universe as your headcanon. And like, that's a fact to you, whether it's like yep. Chewbacca marries an Ewok. It's my headcanon. It's my truth. I'm sticking to it. My headcanon with uh, with this song we're discussing today is that it's actually the sequel to Rude by Magic. Okay, that's fine. Yes, and that is... That is how headcanon works. That's that's why my headcanon is going to be that when Punchline puts out their newest release, my headcanon is that it's because of the popularity of One Hit Thunder. That's so much easier to make a case for than that the song we're <laughs> discussing today is the sequel to Rude by Magic. <laughs> I thought you were going to say the new Punchline album was going to be all island tunes. I mean, mm. I can make that my headcanon too. We have a few island tunes, you know. Do you ever hear a Punchline island tune? Uh, I would say your cover of the Get Up Kids yep. counts as a Punchline <laughs> Island too. Yes, yes. I've told that story before that we covered Get Up Kids Holiday, which is like a rockin' indie emo song, and we we turned it into an island song, which I think I think rivals the original. I mean, I am partial to the band that I'm in or whatever, but I love the story about Matt Pryor from the Get Up Kids hearing it and saying, what is this? <laughs> uh, it's an island tune. What, what do you expect? What became of everyone I used to know? Where did all respectable convictions go? Your words don't match the story that your actions show. No, Tony and I, we are no strangers to Island Tune. Obviously, we both love Rude from Magic. Obviously, we're both big Sean Kingston fans. I would oh, yeah. assume, I would assume, Tony, that you grew up as a fan of Kokomo and a fan of UB40. Actually, Kokomo, I'm not even kidding, as a child, was one of my least favorite songs Whoa. I'd ever heard. I had I had a friend, Timmy Chambers, that would sing it to me to annoy me. And I think one time I just left his house because he wouldn't stop. I was probably like eight years old. Uh, just he kept singing Kokomo and I peaced out. <laughs> Speaking of childhood island song love, 
Um, I've talked a lot about like when my family got MTV for the first time. And the year was 1995. And I remember I was so excited to watch this this channel called MTV that I'd heard so much about. And I always remembered the first video I ever saw on MTV was Naughty by Nature's Feel Me Flow, which is a great song. But oh, damn. the first video that played that blew my mind and I said, this is now officially one of Matt Kelly's favorite songs was a man named Shaggy and his song, Boombastic. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and we're oh, all yeah. island-loving boys over here. <laughs> Very influential on... And I don't think we've said what song we're talking about yet. Oh, which yeah. Which I kind of like. Should we ever... <laughs> no. Should we just not mention it? We're talking... I mentioned it. We're talking <laughs> Omi Cheerleader today. And Matt, you brought up Shaggy. And I. this is later on, but you know that Shaggy and Omi teamed up, right? Whoa. They're Shaggy and Omi are homies. They they sure are. They team they they teamed up for the song Seasons. Um, and if you don't like the song Seasons, you just don't enjoy tropical tunes. Yeah, I here's I'm gonna start off right out the window. Hot take right out the window. Let's right out it. the window. Right out the window. After diving in to all of this dude's music. I think Cheerleader might be his worst song. Wow. Every song that came on when I had Spotify unshuffled, I'm like, dude, Roller Coaster Rules, Hula Hoop fucking Rules. All these songs are fantastic. That yeah. is a very contrarian take. I think, <laughs> Matt, when you reached out about doing this episode, um, I think I was not shy about the fact that of the past 10 years, this is one of my favorite hits, if you will. Um, in general, I think, yeah, one, it, you know, I think we should start, uh, you know, Chris teed up the, the, the timing of this song really well at the beginning, but so, so much was gone. This was summer 2015 personally for me, top five summer. And it mm -hmm. wasn't, it wasn't number five might not have been number four. It's a high charting summer for me. <laughs> um, other stuff you had going on, we had, I think we're still trying to figure out what color that dress was maybe yeah. at this point. <laughs> I think we're still in 2023 trying to firmly lock down that. Well, Absolutely. I think we I think Hotline Bling was like probably the biggest song at this time. Um but well, we also had well, Trap Billboard, Queen. I was going to say Billboard Queen. This called, was right in the Trap Queen era. Oh, Trap sure. Queen when this peaked at number 1, Trap Queen was at number 6 on the Hot yeah. 100. And Billboard called this the song of the summer. Of course it is. I would have been able to tell you this was the song of the summer the first time I heard it. And yeah. I, I believe that 1.2 billion people would agree with me because that's how many YouTube plays the music video Whoa. for this song has. This was a summer of, listen to the kind of songs that were out. I, no wonder we look back at the summer of 2015 with such rose tinted glasses we had cheerleader at number one we had can't fill my face from the weekend we had oh, we had watch me whip watch me nay nay was popular at this time trap queen if you needed a slower sadder song you had the wiz khalifa see you again song see from you the again <laughs> uh shut up and dance with me from walk the moon was popular at this time honey i'm good from andy Grammer. uptown funk was popular at this time want to want me from jason derulo sugar from maroon five shake it off from taylor swift i'm not exaggerating, all these songs are like in the top 40 at this moment where Cheerleader is number one. Our spirits were high in the summer of 2015. 
<laughs> I think it's very nope. possible because of what followed. It's very easy to look back on this time as like, oh yeah, but, but I, I did. I, I talked to my brother. My brother was out here a few weeks ago, and we were talking about how like I'm sure there's many, many uh, things you could point to 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 criticize this take. But like, will the second term of Obama be like for us and like people our age? How like boomers talk about like the Reagan years a lot of times. So it's like, dude, things were just honestly pretty sweet. Dear, like yeah. that 2012 to uh you know 2016 <laughs> run had some had some great stuff and you know uh predated some extremely not great stuff but i think even summer 2015 you got cheerleader going in the background of, of everything that's happening um you know in your life in society it was kind of like that what's that andy bernard quote from like the the last episode yeah. of the office where he's yep. like uh I wish you knew it was the good old days while they were happening. I knew. Right. Oh, I knew. You knew. 2015. <laughs> How could you not with cheerleader going? <laughs> I did not know. And we'll get into it, Tony. We might as well, because there is a origin story. I was going to say, this was, this was unless you're on the Patreon for One Hit Thunder, which patreon.com backslash OHT podcast, go check us out. Chris basically said outright when I told him, hey, cheerleader was released in 2014, so it's going to be 10 years old. It's officially something that qualifies for One Hit Thunder. You were like, one of the first episodes of, of the new year, I need Tony, because there is there is oh, yeah. a very distinct cheerleader-based memory that Tony and I have. Well, look, you just look at the charts. It was, tw- <laughs> it was 2015. You couldn't help. Ashton and Mila Kunis... Felt the same way, obviously. You couldn't help but get married. And I did the same thing. And you, <laughs> and you couldn't help but ask Tony Hartman to officiate it, <laughs> which he did. And, of course, it, it was not a good idea. I was just swept up. I, cheerleader was on the radio. It was 2015. I had no, I had no idea who was going to be president or any kind of pandemics that were coming. None of this stuff. I was on top of the world. Everybody was getting married. Most people were asking Tony Hartman to officiate. And so Tony does this. We have the time of our lives. We go back to a hotel after and maybe Tony, you could take it from here. Yeah. I mean, you, you set it up quite nicely. One, that was definitely, I think it was the most fun I've ever had at a wedding mm-hmm. um, far and away. And part of that was because at some point I just ended up in an otherwise empty, empty room, quoting some vetter here. It was just, I think at one point it was just me, some ice sculptures and cheerleader playing yep. at, at like, the, I don't know, was that like a banquet hall? It, like was at was... A, it was at a hotel. You came and found me and you said, you're not going to believe this. <laughs> I walked into this room. Nobody was in this room. There was just an ice sculpture and Obi cheerleader playing. <laughs> it's like, I, I was like, that sounds amazing. Do you remember what the ice sculpture was of? What it was a jungle cat of some sort, I think. Nice, that's, that's yeah, an awesome probably answer. a lion. I mean, most <laughs> most of the time, it's, if it's a nice sculpture of a jungle cat, it's going to be a lion. And I feel like that like lends itself very well to cheerleader. The video for cheerleader could have just been a still shot of a lion ice sculpture, and I would have you know, thought nothing of it. It would have made total sense. The only answer that would have been better to that question would have been. Omi. Yeah. It was a nice sculpture of Omi. 
Oh, I, yeah. I was going to say, maybe Omi was there. It was his ice sculpture. They just had his song playing on repeat. You just missed him by a millisecond. His and- presence was felt regardless, for sure. <laughs> yeah, we were flying high in the summer of 2015. And, you know, you guys didn't mention it yet. I know this is an audio podcast, but I was so inspired watching Omi videos today that I actually dressed like Omi for yeah. this recording. I'm, We're looking I, at a, at a oh, nice, what is that, like a teal, a tealish uh, Hawaiian button-up, uh, some sunglasses, and a black fedora. It's a good-ass look right now. It it's, might be my new look. I was very inspired by this. What, a, <laughs> what you guys might not be able to see, you might think that this is just a stylish button up like something Omi would wear but if you Let's if you look re- real quick if you look really <laughs> close do you, do you see what what the pattern is are those fishies no pikachu that sure is it's little pikachu nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god was this uh, so at the peak of pokemon go was pokemon go 2000 summer oh, 2015 no. or the that was next a year. year oh we had to wait oh, no. i think we had to wait okay. a year for uh right. pokemon go that was a good summer too. Honestly, was. I was a big part of Pokemon. I just recently stopped playing. I played for like seven years, pretty religiously, and then I was like, ah, I'm just, I'm over they it. Just, finally, they they stopped releasing exciting stuff. Every time I'd go on the app, it was the same like eight Pokemon floating yeah, around. Yeah, they, they need to invent more Pokemon. But back to our story. So that's where our origin story of Omi comes from. Now, what I thought was funny is, of course. Just just want to have a wedding. Obviously, the marriage was a bad idea, but I I had to look because I knew I was so swept up in the in the music of the time that I had to I had to just go get married. Then I looked at when when my marriage ended, <laughs> what songs were popular in the charts, and it is it is very funny <laughs> because oh because it was twenty twenty right January of twenty twenty. They're all like. Sad, sad breakup, breakup songs, songs. <laughs> yeah. but i think the icing on the cake of a song that was popular which i did not know this song at the time was a song called i wish grandpa's never died by riley green and i was like <laughs> wow that's that's really the icing on the cake so uh, yeah, yeah. I, I can't think of a more symbolic summer 2015 to early 2020 shift yeah. uh, <laughs> than, than the charts it's only a kick a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. I'm not going to lie here. I've become a factor fanatic lately. I'm a busy guy, and getting to eat restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat in two minutes has been amazing. Eating better is easy with Factors' delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You have 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. And also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. I've been spreading the word to everyone I know, not just here on the podcast, but in person as well. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. You get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the math doesn't lie. Factor is less expensive than takeout. Plus, considering every meal is dietitian approved, it's also nutritious and delicious. 
So what are you waiting for? Get started today by heading to factormeals.com slash one hit 50 and use the code one hit 50 to get 50% off. That's code one hit 50. The words one hit and the number 50 that is at factormeals.com slash one hit 50 to get 50% off. Put down that smartphone and listen to me. I'm Matthew Milligan, professional musician and lifelong Weird Al fan. Each week, I'm joined by professional podcaster and close personal friend Matt Kelly to take a dive off the deep end into the vast career of pop culture icon Weird Al Yankovic on our show, Weird Algorithm. Along with some very special guests from the worlds of music and comedy, we tackle every song, every television appearance, and every bit of sketch comedy Al has produced in chronological order, covering the good old days of My Bologna and Eat It, the fun zone of Tacky and White and Nerdy, and everything in between. As we go, we're ranking the songs, albums, and music videos in the hopes of creating the ultimate guide to a career bigger than the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. So the next time you're having one of those days stuck in a traffic jam wondering why does this always happen to me, just kick off your sneakers and stick around for a while because we've got it all on Weird Algorithm, available wherever you get your podcasts. And now you know. Was that enough references? I'm really thankful that summer 2015 None of us had any idea that that 30 second span would no. ever happen. <laughs> no, no, no one, no one knew. And we really lived it up in 2015. We lived this song from Omi. Omi, who he'd been doing it for a while. He, he uh, well, I was going to say, we reference a lot on this show, or at least I reference a lot on this show. How many people come on to Krista Meeks and talk about how their big hit just came to them in a matter of minutes. That is not the case with the Omi story where he came up with the melody of this song in 2008, but didn't even get to record the song until 2012. He let that thing marinate for four years before he finally was like, all right, here we go. We're going to record this bad boy. And then it was another two years until he shot his little like indie music video version for it while he was visiting the United States. And then... Almost a full year later, it was a Sony, uh, someone who was working for a subsidiary of Sony that heard the song, maybe saw the music video and said, we got to remix this and get it on the radio ASAP. But that's, it was almost a full decade of time from from the origins of this song to it being the number one song in America. Yeah. Cheerleaders essentially has the life cycle of like a feature film. Yes. As it should. <laughs> Did you guys listen to the original version? So much better than the remix. I think it's better. I've struggled to find it. I like I remember like in in the time like doing doing my damn research, rolling up the sleeves and finding the original, but I could not for the purpose of of so, talking about this. I, I was like is it scrubbed from the internet? Where did you guys track I it just, down? I just I just you I just searched for it on YouTube. <laughs> That seems like a very normal uh, way to accomplish that. I, for whatever reason, could not do that. It, there's almost like Omi erasure as it comes to uh, comes to the song because it's, I think, a picture of either the DJ or a very generic mid 2010s looking white dude, and it's just on like a top songs of the 2010s mm-hmm. album. I even had to like dive a little deeper to find uh, Omi's "Me for You" album, which, by the way, love that <laughs> love the album title. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> me for you, especially because it is the number four and the letter right. U and it, I think that's very of the era too. Cause this was like, like peak Seinfeld 2000, like hipster runoff, like the funny, like saying like BB for like baby and stuff like that. Love right. it. Yeah. Right. Hey, I, this song to me, 
the sound of the remix version of this song makes it seem like a song that a guy on 90 Day Fiance who was dating a woman who's like 40 years older than him would write <laughs> and <laughs> as a gift to his sugar mama, you know? Kind of yeah, let's talk sound. about the lyrics. I think that's a good <laughs> yeah. way to talk about these lyrics. Can I start we with can. what I think is the funniest lyric? Definitely. Is it, do I make you feel like cheating? <laughs> Absolutely it is. <laughs> <laughs> One, it's so, like, really at the end, like, it's a, it is a very cute song, obviously. Omi's a very cute guy, and he, mm-hmm. he d- the delivery is very cute. But, like, really, it's just about a guy that, like, yeah, I could cheat, but I'm not gonna. Um, but I think, I think that lyrics really funny to picture like these, these women that, you know, fancy Omi's attention on the beach. Can you imagine anything more demoralizing than going up to a cute little guy like Omi and saying, do I make you feel like cheating? And his response being, no, not really. (laughs) I think my favorite lyric in this song is I'm the wizard of love and I got the magic wand. (laughs) Damn. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the real best lyric in this song. If if Omi weren't so cute, I would think that's mm-hmm. like a double entendre as as I believe the term is, but like no, I don't think he meant anything nefarious by that. Well, and then right. he follows it with all these other girls are tempting, but I'm empty when you're gone. Mhm. Thus, yeah, I could cheat, but I'm not gonna. Yeah. Right. The no, not really also could be in response to do you need me or do you think I'm pretty? He doesn't really specify which of those three questions the answer is for. Such a biting response regardless. (laughs) Cannot imagine being on the receiving end of a, a, no, not really, to any of those inquiries. The version of Cheerleader that we all know is the remix done by Felix Jane. J-A-E-H-N, who was a 20-year-old German producer, and he did like an airy tropical house version of it that's a lot, it just sounds, he made it sound very fluffy. It definitely, uh, there's just something about it that almost makes it sound like children's music, almost. He's got that trumpet kicking it off. So is the version on that opens me for you is that's not Omi's original composition. Interesting. I like, if if you're looking at this or listening to it with your bass goggles on, Chris, don't you like that bass riff though? You know what? I didn't really pay much attention to the bass in this song, surprisingly. Go back. There's a real, I love the breakdown. I think the breakdown, aside from the absolutely stunning lyrics and and how Mm -hmm. cute the song is, I think the breakdown is a big part of why it was so popular. And it, it has a resurgence on some sort of like either like rheumatoid arthritis uh, drug commercial that I see on Hulu a lot, but it uses that breakdown and it's like a really muted, it sounds like one of those like old Rickenbacker basses, mm-hmm. like with the right. drums, like the bass drum kind of kick in and the horns. And I love that part. And I don't know if uh, this 20 year old DJ was responsible for that. I give full credit to Omi because... I'd like to think like anything good about this song comes from him. But uh, musically, I love that part. I'm glad it has a second life on this, uh, like some sort of uh, weird drug commercial that's on quite often. But I hope, I hope Omi's getting checks for that. I'm wow, sure we have another, we have another drug commercial situation yeah. like the Ozempic with Pilot. 
Yeah, in the in the wiki for the usages usages in media, it said that it was in a was it a Solera commercial? I believe that is 100% yeah, it's a hundred percent correct. It's yeah. a Solera commercial and a Toyota commercial. What is but Solera? That I can double check and find out, but also it, it, it appears in the Emoji Movie. Um, so oh, he's getting that, is, that sweet, sweet Emoji Movie checks as well while he's did at Did they it. do, oh, I think that I got myself a Solera. Is that what it is? No, th- that's okay. brilliant. But literally, I think they just use the breakdown. Um, oh, okay. Which I love that piece. It, I think part of why I like the instrumentation on the song is like, even at the time, it kind of reminded me of like one of my favorite albums at this point ever is that uh, album Contra Vampire Weekend did. And it has mm-hmm. a like cheerleader has some Contra energy for sure. This definitely uh, sounds like Vampire Weekend. Yeah. Stellara, uh, <laughs> for the record, by the way, Chris, uh, seems to be predominantly for Crohn's disease oh. and cerratic arthritis. Okay. Yeah. The commercial is just like a woman in some sort of like medical scrubs of some sort i want to say purple uh walking over to something and the breakdown from cheerleader is playing it's i got pretty say, much perfect commercial across the boards i gotta say that this song there's pro crohn's disease is probably the last thing that cheerleader by omi makes me think of the, yes <laughs> the music that makes me think the most of crohn's disease is probably like glass jaw <laughs> Or yes, I'm I'm pulling it up right now because I just need to see how this was used. If your moderate to severe Crohn's disease or ulcerative colitis symptoms are stopping you in your tracks, choose Stellara from the start and move toward there relief it is. after the first dose. With injections every two months. <laughs> just this funky jazzy beat while he's talking about your two uh, twice a week injection for your Crohn's disease. Okay. And am I correct? The visual is just like a nurse in scrubs walking from one place to the other. No. So she getting diagnosed and it's all this CGI uh, stuff, like a mirror that says flare up and she shoves it to the side. And then there's a waiter and she throws the waiter's tray and it turns into a Frisbee that a guy catches. And now he's playing Frisbee with his dog. His dog catches. It's a photo. It zooms out. It's now a couple with their kid on the couch looking at stuff. It's All a very right. well, okay. artistic I need, video. I need to pay way more attention to this commercial. <laughs> that comes on. I got caught. I get so caught up in, uh, and I guess that's the problem. Like if you're having a song like cheerleader in your commercial, no one's going to remember what happens in the commercial. They're only going to remember how great the song was. Yep. And maybe exactly. the name of the drug. So yeah, uh, maybe mission accomplished, I guess. <laughs> Uh, this song, anyway, after they released this remix of the song that we all know and love, it spread through the European charts, notably in France, Italy, and Germany. It topped the charts in several European countries and in Australia and in the UK. Omi made history in May yeah, of 2015. He, he topped the UK singles chart for the fourth week in a row, making it the longest consecutive period of any Jamaican artist holding that position. Now, yeah, Omi. around that same time, the song entered the Billboard Hot 100 in the United States around May 2015, and it hit number one after 12 weeks. That doesn't make sense. Well, it was it was the last week of July, maybe the first week of May. That could be 12 okay. weeks, right? All right. All right. Yeah. Yeah, right, right, right. Um, yeah, so this song took the summer by storm in 2015. We all know about that. But then he released the song Hula Hoop, which... 
I don't know if all three of us are in agreement here, but I love hula hoop. Hula hoop's yeah. awesome. So I feel like this is a great time for me to now say something. I don't know if you remember this, but when you guys did uh, Rude, I didn't know that song because 2014 was like really 2014, 2015 was probably when I was the most out of touch with the radio. This morning was the first time I heard the song Cheerleader. By the way, (laughs) no, I I was like, I'm sure when I hit play on this, I'll be like, oh, yeah, this song. Nope. I have never heard this song until we decided to cover it. What Uh, were you doing in the summer of 2015? I don't know, but I certainly, I guess, was not anywhere near a radio or a wedding. You didn't know Rude or Cheerleader? No. How? I don't know. Look, I I am equally baffled by this. This year is like apparently the biggest blind. I knew I can't feel my face. I knew shut up and dance. I honestly don't know if I know Trap Queen. I'm sure if I hear what? it, I would know it. But like I was so out of the loop. So when you sent me Hula Hoop, I was like, this song's so much better. This should have been the hit. Like that was my immediate thought when I heard it today. I don't know if it's better, but I definitely love it. And uh, what's shocking to me and why we're talking about Omi on the One Hit Thunder podcast is this song, Hula Hoop, which has 107 million YouTube plays. That's nothing to, to turn That's your nose up at. nothing to sneeze at. at. Yeah. Nothing to sneeze at. It didn't even chart in the United States. Didn't even yeah. chart. Other countries, it, it charted not, in the United States, not even Hot 100. How is that possible? Yeah. It's crazy. I think there's something very... Uh, I feel like economically smart about how, how Omi rolled these songs out though. Cause if you watch the video, which I'm sure you did for, for both cheerleader and hula, mm-hmm. um, it kind of seems like they shot the cheerleader video and they had the location, they had the crew and Omi's like, what do you think guys? Should we just shoot hula <laughs> like right yeah. now too? And they just banged them both out in the same day. They're very similar, very great. They feel really old in a way that like 2015 wasn't that long ago, or at least like Matt, you mentioned doesn't seem like it was that long ago, but it feels like such a different era, which probably because it certainly was. Um, I don't think you can make videos like that now and suspend disbelief that like, like, Oh yeah, things aren't that great. I don't care what Island you're on. Um, But you could do that in 2015. It raises. So, so something else that I noticed and I'm, I'm curious if, Chris stumbled into this conclusion as well with his research. Um, It kind of felt like he was content just kind of being a local, (laughs) a local like Jamaican pop star because he just wanted to pop out these singles. Like if this Sony guy didn't push this song so hard, I don't think he ever would have even put out, the the me for you album because it's the only album he's ever released right is me for you like i i think he was just like hey man i just want to make these like club hits and and just kind of do my thing locally and and he just happened to stumble into an international hit while he was doing that the right person heard it i mean it was already years before we knew it it was already a modest hit in jamaica and it was also popular in hawaii and dubai and then in jamaica he had other hits like Take It Easy, Fireworks, and Color of My Lips. He already had hits where he was, which if you have hits 
and you and you like where you're at and you can live a nice life there. I mean, this is just icing on the cake to have a song that goes to number one and it's like a worldwide hit. So may, yeah, maybe he was just ha- like as happy as you could be and whatever happened with Hula Hoop happened, you know, I guess. Yeah. I think that that Sony exec is sitting in the boardroom. He pulls on me up on um, probably Skype at this time. And he's just like, hey, Hula Hoop is a freaking smash. Do you feel like having a second hit? To which Omi responds, no, not really. <laughs> yeah, it's it's possible. And uh, I just think that people that don't like Omi just don't like to have fun, don't like to have drinks on the beach. It's for pe- people that just don't enjoy tropical tunes. And I'm not so sure that I want to be around people who don't enjoy tropical tunes. Agreed. Do you think that we all like tropical tunes because we grew up loving ska music? Yeah, there has to be a direct correlation there. Ska also, can because get a little we tropical, grew, we grew up around so much bad, total opposite weather of tropical, yes. <laughs> and and like you know, give the option you can listen to cheerleader, or you can look at like snow in February when it turns gray. And like starts to blacken on the side of the road. I'm taking cheerleader every time over that. No question. <laughs> that is true. If those were my only two options, I believe I would make the same. Are choice. we due? Are we due for the next Omi? I think I, so. I hope we deserve the next Omi. But I'll throw a wrench in it. I don't think we need the next Omi. We just we need, need more from Omi. Ideally, right. he did put out a song this year that it was fine. Oh, I don't yeah, know if you guys I listened checked to it. it out. Yeah, yes, I, I did listen to it. It's it's a uh, candy, right? Is it called candy? Yeah, it's just not like you know, epoch defining cultural shifting Omi like cheerleader mm-hmm. was, but like I hope we deserve that and I hope we get it. It's not too late. I mean, I think that an Omi song being popular is. It's a sign that things are good. And yes. honestly, things are we don't we don't deserve there there's too much suffering going on right now for us to deserve another Omi hit at the moment. Let let me ask you this. Do you think we will ever have another summer as bomb as 2015 or if we are we past the point of no return? Is that is that the the last great summer any of us will ever encounter? Oh, I know it's a bummer question to ask. I I'm optimistic. To, yeah, you're. I'm optimistic that some, it might happen, but <laughs> you're gonna have to edit some dead space in this. Um, as <laughs> as we ponder if a summer 15 is ever again possible. Um, no pressure, but I kind of feel like it's all up to Omi at this point. <laughs> we can't we can't trust our our, our so called leaders. Of society, no. um, it's kind of all up to Omi. Imagine, BB- imagine a, a scenario where four or five years from now, the summer is saved, but it's literally every artist from 2015 just unexpectedly having another big hit, like Fetty Wap, Omi. Oh my god, the Walk on the Moon guys. More. They all just like come back with with a summer of like comeback hits from supposed one hit wonder. Change the world. Hey, but also, I mean, let's take some responsibility. You got you got Chris here. He's got the fedora on. He's got the shades. 
He's got a very lively uh, button-up shirt. The loudest maybe, shirt I've seen in a while, yeah. Yeah, maybe we just <laughs> need to be the, the Omi you want to see in the world ourselves. Be, yeah. the, uh, be the Omi you want to see in the world. I like that message. And, and speaking of messages, you know, sometimes in episodes we take a moment to say something to the artist if they're yeah, listening. Yeah, it's been a while. We should talk to Omi for um, a second. But I would like to talk to Omi right now if I can. Omi, also known as Omar Samuel Paisley, born on September 3rd, 1986. Um, Omi, if you're listening, uh, we're we're depending on you right now. We need you. The world needs you. The world needs your island tunes. We need your positive attitude. We need your uplifting music. We've been living through dark times and uh, I think the, the pressure is all... I don't mean to put too much pressure on you because... I don't know if good music comes from pressure, but diamonds come from pressure. So that's the argument that could be made. Maybe there's a little there's a little idea for you right there. Diamonds come from pressure. Just think about it. Think about diamonds. Think about the way the sun reflects off a diamond. Think about that way that light hits off of the water in the island. Just so, something to think about. Your music could make a difference. So if you're listening to Omi, I don't know if either of you guys have something to say to Omi right now, but um, that's all I have. I to just say. want to say thank you. I just want to say Omi, I'm sorry. I didn't know who you were until fairly recently, but your, your back catalog is a, is a delight mm-hmm. and you know, better, better late than never, I suppose. Right. Um, okay. Omi one hit thunder, one hit blunder. Tony, you can start. Well, obviously Nothing surprising here. Absolute thunder. Okay. Not a surprise. Matt? I mean, anybody who's listening has heard me sing praise on his back catalog, which is usually a guaranteed thunder from the Matt Kelly side of things. Is I think I think we fucked up. We should there should have been more Omi hits. We shouldn't be doing an Omi episode on this podcast. We as a people are the ones who messed up here. Yeah. Omi Omi made no mistakes. All Omi did was make joyful island tunes and it just wasn't enough for us. It 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 wasn't enough. I of course I'm going thunder. I mean, I would have gone thunder if cheerleader didn't exist and we were talking about hula hoop right now. I I yeah. mean I mean this is as thunder as it gets. We're going to get this certified. We're going to get it notarized and Omi be looking out in your mailbox in Jamaica. Because the certificate's coming. It's a new year for better or worse. All the champagne has turned in a hurt. But as long as it worked, you can say we celebrated. What's the difference? The earth made a lot round the sun. So we bought pointy hats. Talked of the times it took to get from here to there. Let's not knock it. This has been One Hit Thunder. One Hit Thunder is hosted by Chris Ophelios of the band Punchline and produced by Matt Kelly of Geekscape.net. Underneath me, you're hearing It's a New Year, Don't Be So Hard on Yourself by Punchline off their album Lion. Be sure to check out punchlion.com for any upcoming news about the band. 
Our show is on Patreon now. Find us at patreon.com backslash OHT podcast for early access to our episodes, bonus conversations, and a chance to vote on future songs for us to cover. Make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe to us on any podcasting app and tune in next week for more One Hit Thunder. What is it behind all the habits you have? Do they stem from somebody or something else? Please don't knock them, cause we're still here. You never know this could be your year. Won't be so hard on ourselves. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Bowie, Dylan, Marley. You've heard the names and maybe you've heard their songs. But what about the stories behind the records that made titans of music like these so universally loved and important? Join me, Josh Adam Myers, host of The 500, as each week I go through a different album from Rolling Stone Magazine's 500 Greatest Albums list from 2012 with an incredible lineup of comedians, actors, and musicians talking about how the music has impacted their lives. New episodes of The 500 come out every Wednesday. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts.